Welcome back to the Redot Dentistry Pre-Dental Podcast. I am your host, Jordan Lundquist, and I am laying my journey of getting accepted into dental school all out on the table so you can get in as well. Please make sure to follow this podcast for updates on Instagram at read.dentistry underscore podcast. That's read spelled R-E-E-D dot dentistry underscore podcast. Now stay tuned for episode 17, where I give away my best advice towards preparing for the reading and quantitative reasoning sections of the DAT. Thank you as always for tuning in. The podcast is growing and reaching more people, so I'm truly appreciative to all of you who have been listening or just started listening. I especially thank you if you have been sharing this material with someone else. That helps all of us out so much. And I do have a special announcement before we get going. Uh, This podcast will be switching to a bi-weekly schedule. I will release a new episode every Tuesday and Thursday. So that means there won't be a podcast tomorrow, but I will be back on Thursday. And from that point, you can continue to look forward to every Tuesday and Thursday for new episodes. It was my goal when starting this podcast to keep the episodes coming until I felt like there was sufficient uh, enough material for new listeners to get started. And I now feel comfortable with the amount of material there is um, for a podcast I just started not even a month ago. So um, by switching to a bi-weekly schedule, I think this will still continue to give all of you plenty of resources while improving the quality as well. And also, if any of you have any suggestions as to what you would like to hear, not even suggestions, but anything that you would like to hear, um, I am more than willing to take recommendations for episodes that you guys would like me to go over. So Anyways, today's episode, I'm actually combining the reading and quantitative reasoning sections of the DAT. So I'm going to go over first the reading and I will conclude with the quantitative reasoning or the math sections of the DAT. So stay tuned. The first thing I'll say about the reading section of the DAT, in case you didn't know, there are three passages that you'll be given during the reading section, and that consists of a total of 50 questions, and you have exactly 60 minutes to answer all 50 questions. So with that being said, the three passages, um, and being that there are 50 questions, that means there's about, what is that, about 17 questions, 18 questions per passage, and I think this can range from anywhere to that 15 to 18 range. So that's pretty much what you need to expect, and I'm going to break this uh, section of our episode, the reading section, down into two parts. And the first will be question types, so you know what type of questions they're asking in regarding to the reading sections, because obviously reading, that's kind of a vague category. There's many different routes that they can go in terms of questions that they can ask you. And then after, and then part two of this section, or whatever section part, part uh, or the second section of this part of the of the reading um, section of this episode, I will be going over strategies. And this will help you in approaching the different question types. So first, um, the first question type I want to talk about are um, is direct questions. And this is actually the easiest type of question that you will see appear on the reading section of the DAT. And you know what? The good news about this, 
being that the direct questions are not only the easiest um, type of questions on the DAT, but I think they're the most frequent type of questions that are asked. So these are definitely the questions that you want to get all of them correct. You do not want to miss any of them. And there's really no excuse for you to miss any of the um, direct questions because there are exact and clear answers. And as I talk more about this, you'll understand why it's so crucial that you get all of these question types correct. Because honestly, I think if you were to to get all of these questions correct, you would already have a pretty decent, um, not that you can fail the reading section of the DAT, but you certainly can have a score that's too low. But I think you'll have at least a pretty, um, you know, average, I, th- I, I would go on a limb and say you'd have a pretty average score, considering that obviously, even if you guessed the rest, you'd probably get at least a few of them right. So if you got all of the direct questions correctly, or if you answered them all correctly, then I think that you would have um, a pretty respectable score. And it could be different this year um, than it was in the past years, but that's pretty much the advice that I received. And I also noticed that there were a lot of these type of questions on the reading section. So don't let this, don't let these question types trip, trip you up. And so just as an example of a direct question, it would pretty much be asking you, so, um, you know, if you had a section and we're going to get into mangroves, which I believe is a type of tree that are found in tropical forests. Um, so if you go into DAT boot camp, they have um, one of their free practice tests because obviously I don't have my upgraded account anymore, being that I studied for it a year ago. So I only have access to the free um, examples or practice tests. But they do, the one that they do have available is about red mangroves. And I believe that red mangrove is a tree that is found in the tropical jungle, like maybe in Brazil, like the Amazon or something along those lines. But that's kind of beside the point. So an example of a direct question that they could ask you about a red mangrove might be something like, in what environment do you find red mangroves? Now, that's going to be a question where you can go and search through the passage and you'll be able to see them say something like red mangroves grow in tropical environments the question is very clear and you can even go and look at all the answers and see okay they are looking for something very specific so that's what's kind of nice about um, these direct questions is you can just skim through the passage and look for the exact key or trigger word that you are wanting to find. And then the next type of question is statement and reason questions. So I think that these are very challenging because it's pretty much two questions in one and you might have the you might have answered the correct statement, but you might have answered incorrectly the matching reason to that statement. And I know that doesn't make much sense right now, but I'll give you an example and hopefully it will make more sense to you. And I actually pulled this question right from DAT Bootcamp um, from the free practice test that they gave me. And this is, so right here is an example of a statement and reason question. So it goes, mangroves have deep 
root systems because of frequent flooding in the locations they inhabit. And so there's not actually a question that's being answered right here. You pretty much have to look at the statement, which is mangroves have deep root systems. And then you have to look at the reason, and that would be because of frequent flooding in the locations they inhabit. So you have to determine if that statement and the reasoning for that statement are true. So they'll give you four different options and you're pretty much going through and deciding whether what they're saying is true. And so you have to look very closely because some of the answers can look very similar and you don't want to get tripped up on that. So the next type of question is process of elimination type questions. And I think that these are very tedious and time consuming. And what, so the question I'm asking and I'll answer right now is what are these questions and, or sorry, it's it, what it's pretty much asking is you to look for an answer of what it is and what it isn't. So whatever they're asking, they want you to know everything it is and everything it isn't. And so those are, these can easily be like your list type questions where it says, you know, select all of the answers that describe what a red mangrove is. So you have to go through and see, okay, I, I, I see that it's saying it's this and this and this and this, but is it that? And so that's why this can be very time consuming because a lot of the information that's disseminated or a lot of the information that you are searching for in order to answer this type of question might be throughout the whole passage. And there are, I think on average, there's about 15 different paragraphs and these paragraphs can be kind of lengthy. So yeah, it can be really tedious trying to look for the answer to some of these type of questions. So the best advice I could give you, and I'll get into this a little bit more when I get into the strategy um, section of, because right now we're in the question type section, then once I move ahead into strategies, this will make a little bit more sense as well. But for now, what I'll say is the easiest way to go about that would be to find a disqualifying answer. So if there's something that you know is incorrect, then you can go ahead and eliminate that. So that could save you a bunch of time. But for the most part, what I've noticed is during these type of questions, you're going to have to take a lot of time to search and then just use that process of elimination. And the actually the question as an example to this type of question, what they asked was, which of the following is a quality that is unique to red mangroves? So yeah, they'll give you, um, and uh, yeah, they'll just give you a list of all the different um, categories that the red mangroves could fall into, and then you have to go in and determine whether that is, whether that does describe a red mangrove or whether it doesn't. So that can be very time consuming. And then the another question type that they will ask is an inference question. And this is pretty much along the lines of based on what you read, what would be the best answer? And obviously this can be somewhat sub subjective. There's not really a clear answer, but you have to just select the statement that would most align with the question that is being asked. So for example, in which environment would mangroves be least likely to survive? So you'd have to use some context clues in this situation like and this isn't exactly 
true, but this is just something that I came up with off the top of my head. I'm not really sure if red mangroves would survive well in a rocky environment, but let's say during the passage, you read something along the lines of, you know, red mangroves are not able to receive the water supply that they need when they are in environments that you know are are very rocky so then maybe one of the answers could be something along the lines of a mountainous um environment in the i don't know say in, in, in the rocky mountains i don't know if that makes any sense but you can imagine that there would be a lot of rocks there so you can draw upon um, the inference that okay maybe in the rocky mountains these red mangroves wouldn't thrive very well because going back to the passage it says that it doesn't do very well in uh you know in environments that have a lot of rocks so and uh, honestly it's it might be even more challenging than that it might be pretty vague but you have to draw on what you believe would be the best answer and so this isn't going to be something where you can find it word for word what the correct thing is so you know to answer this question successfully it might be a matter of you having a good understanding of the whole passage having um, read the whole thing from beginning to end and then the last type of question that i'm going to go over is and this is kind of this is almost along the lines of an inference question but this is an example that i also took right from the dat boot camp free reading test uh, section and what it reads is what would the author most agree with type questions so it'll give you you know four i believe four different statements and you have to pretty much take whatever statement aligns best with what you think the reader would agree with so obviously there can be examples that are closer together but you have to pick the one thing that would be the best answer that would distinguish it from all of the others and this can be very challenging too because it also requires that you have a very good grasp of the of the material of the passage and that would also require you reading the whole thing from beginning to end and not just having um not just having like internalized or you know have fresh in your mind having known having acquired the knowledge that would be necessary to answer a direct type question but to really have a true understanding and know the intent of why the author wrote that passage so that requires a deeper level of thinking and understanding and that can be challenging but the good news is there are not too many um question types that align with this specific category so don't be if what i told you about all of the other question types outside of the direct questions that i first mentioned you know don't be too overwhelmed and thinking that oh man like it sounds like this section is going to be really hard because i really don't think that this section was too hard i think the most challenging part of the reading section is the time constraint and the fact that you can get distracted by all the noise which a lot of these questions are simply that so you don't want to get too hung up on these questions and um, you you want to learn how to best manage your time for sure and i'm going to go over more about that in the upcoming strategy section for reading now that i've given you a better idea 
of what type of questions they're going to be asking you regarding the reading section. I will give you my best strategies as to how to answer or approach these questions. And it is my hope that by giving you these strategies, it's going to help you use your time most effectively so that you can max out your score and answer the questions that I consider are the low-hanging fruit. So from there, you can just build upon, um, you know, that baseline, of, you know, that pretty much that baseline of proficiency in this section. And what I mean by that is, like I said earlier, if you get the questions that I know all of you can get right, all you can do is build from that and, you know, make your score stand out a little bit more, or at least get to the point where you feel comfortable on your um, on your application for you know, you know uh, that score that will reflect in your DAT on the reading section and I honestly I don't know how much emphasis to put on the reading section of I, I believe it's important or else it wouldn't be there but I didn't get too caught up on the score I just wanted to make sure that it was respectable which I believe that my score was I think I scored like it, it may have been an 18 or 19 I think it was my lowest section by by a decent measure but it, it wasn't so low I think it was still average so I was okay with that I felt like you know I at least showed that I had a you know a decently proficient level of understanding or um, proficiency when it came to the reading and, and that was fine obviously it was good enough to get into dental school so don't stress out too much but you what what I would tell you to be concerned about is just getting the easy questions right, but that shouldn't be too hard. Anyways, um, the first strategy I want to go over, and this is going to help you get that low-hanging fruit or those um, direct questions, and that is search and destroy. Now, this method is something that I'm sure that you are all familiar with on a day-to-day -day basis. However, um, you cannot use control F. So control F is my favorite shortcut or, you know, you know, shortcut key on uh, any type of laptop or, you know, desktop, whatever. And that's because I can find exactly what I'm searching for, which is what you want to do in answering these questions. However, there is no search and destroy, or sorry, there is no control F. They don't give you that function. And I really wish they did. I don't really see why they don't, but obviously it's just to make it more challenging for you. But what you can do is you can go through the passage and you can use the highlight feature. And what's really nice about that is as you're flipping through your questions, whatever you highlighted is not going to go away. Um, so while the questions, while that panel or that page is changing, it still acts as though it's almost as if you had a physical copy of the book and what you highlighted is not going to go away and keep in mind too that you know obviously you know the reading section and if, if you didn't know the whole dat is taken on the computer that's probably doesn't come as a surprise but in case um in case you didn't know now you do so yeah you'll go through and you'll highlight um you know what you find is important and then you know maybe that question will be asked and and the answer that you highlighted will already be there but um while i think that's helpful i don't think it's exactly necessary as long as you're as long as you have the skill of being able to skim through and directly point something out because i think it's pretty easy if you're trying to look for a specific answer 
um, to just find that keyword and maybe it'll appear multiple times, but I think that'll help you at least. Um, I think that definitely will help you save time if you have that skill and being able to pick out the exact word that you need. And, you know, you might be asking, well, what, what is the exact word that I'll need to search for? And typically it'll just come by looking at, um, whatever answers are listed in, uh, from the question that's being asked. And, you know, maybe sometimes you will find, you know, you'll say, okay, maybe, um, maybe it's C and that word says mangrove. And so you'll go and you'll search for mangrove and that, and you might even find it, but maybe it's not going to answer the question that's being asked. So then you'll, maybe you'll move to B and the question is, or, and you know, the answer given is the word root. So you'll look for anywhere where it says root. And, um, I, I just really think that you shouldn't be stuck on these questions for too long. And I would advise actually, you know, answering all of these questions first before you move into the higher level questions or the questions that are just more tedious and going to take more time to answer. But I'll get into more of that here in just a bit. So the second strategy that you can use to answering these um you know, to answering these questions. And sorry, one more thing I do want to say about the search and destroy method is it is very effective for those question types, the direct um, questions being asked, but it's not going to be helpful for maybe like an inference type question, certainly not for, um, you know, what would the author most agree with type question. So these next few strategies are going to be more helpful for the questions that don't have a clear or concise answer or the question's not clear concise. And so the next strategy is the passage outline. And this is something that they go over in DAT bootcamp. They also go over search and destroy. And, you know, they probably they do a lot better job than I do of, of, um, you know, describing what that is. But I hope that you can get the general idea from what I said. Anyways, the passage outline, what and what I said earlier was that each passage is about 15 paragraphs. That could vary slightly, but remember there are three different passages. And honestly, I'm not the fastest reader in the world, but I still think that these passages are very lengthy. So maybe you're a faster reader and you won't have to worry about that as much. But um, this passage outline is a time-consuming technique. So if you are going to use this approach, I would hope that you would do it effectively. And again, you can go on, you might even be able to YouTube it too. And I think um, DAT Bootcamp does post some of their videos on YouTube. But definitely, if you have, um, if you're, if you have a subscription to DAT Bootcamp, you can just find this on the reading section and the videos that they post. But what the outline is, is you'll go through in each paragraph, you'll pretty much sum up by listing two or three different keywords. And what this will do is when there's a certain question being asked, you'll be able to directly, hopefully, if you did it well, you'll be able to directly see, okay, I I know that I can go to paragraph seven, because this is where in my outline, I have these keywords that they even used during the question, or you'll see that those were your answers appeared. And then you'll be able to recall to memory better, okay, what was that specific paragraph talking about? And then the next strategy is to read the whole thing. So with the passage outline, you'll have read the whole thing, and then you, you'll have done that outline or, you know, those key points for each paragraph. But yeah, the next strategy, read the whole thing. I wouldn't recommend this unless you find um, the reading material extremely engaging because 
I, um, and this could be based on luck, but I know like a lot of the passages, it might not be some, they, they might not have picked a topic that you're extremely interested in, which for me, when I'm reading something that I don't have much interest in, it's really hard for me to pay attention as to what is going on. And I find myself daydreaming. So you definitely, if, if you are like me, um, this might not be the best approach, but if it is something that you find interesting, that's going to help you uh, remember better the overall picture of what's being asked. Um, and this this will help you if if you're if you're good at that, being able to read a whole passage or article and you remember everything and, and pretty much know everything it was talking about. This will help you answer the questions a lot faster because you'll just be able to go through and be like, okay, yeah, I can just answer that from memory. Um, but that is, remember that this section is a time crunch and I think it takes, a, um, I would say at least 10 minutes to read through the, you know, each passage if you're doing so, um, if you're, if you're truly paying attention to everything that's going on, you're not just, you know, blowing through it. Um, but um, like I said, everybody has a different level of proficiency when it comes to reading. So if you're a stronger reader, I think that would be a great approach for you. If you're not a strong reader, then I don't think that would be a good approach for you. Um, there's another technique, and I think they list this as well in DAT Bootcamp. And pretty much what that is, is you read the first half and you answer as many questions as you can. And then once you get to a question where it seems like, I don't really know what they're asking. I, I don't recall this. Um, I don't recall them talking about this in the passage. That's probably when it would be time to read the second half of the passage. And then you can answer the remaining questions from there. The only problem that I found with this type of method is I feel like sometimes the questions didn't exactly go in order. So that approach would be effective if the questions were asked chronologically. But I feel like they kind of jumped all over the place. Like, you know, the first question they asked, um, you know, on that passage, it might be, it might come something from like paragraph seven, where I'd have to extract that information, use that to answer the question. And then the next question being asked might, might require me to jump to the beginning to extract that information. And then question three might require me to go to the end. So I didn't really find that you could answer all of the questions in order um, by doing that. But what you can do, and this is where the strategy would still work, is you read the first half and then you go through all 15 questions, answer everything you can, and then you read the second half and then you answer the remaining questions that you left unanswered. And if by then you didn't, um, you know, you still can't really quite find where, um, where, where that question, um, was listed, then you might need to consider using a different strategy or maybe it'll just be a matter of doing the search and destroy, but yeah, that will guarantee that you read all the information that like, you know, if you remembered every single word and had a, a perfect understanding, you would, uh, in theory, be able to answer all 15 questions correctly, but that's if again, if you're a really strong reader. And I think the advantage of this strategy is it's less to remember all at once. So it's not like, okay, I have to read this huge block of reading and be able to remember all that. You're, you're breaking it down a little bit more. And so, I mean, with that being said, you could even break it up into quarters or thirds, whatever you think would be best. But I, again, I wouldn't recommend that just because I don't have a, I don't have great um, reading comprehension. So search and destroy and just um, skimming 
was more effective for me. And so skimming brings me up to the next strategy. And that's just kind of, you know, briefly going over everything, because I, I felt like I could get a pretty good idea if I read like, you know, a sentence in each paragraph as to what, uh, you know, the gist of the the gist was of that given paragraph. And that definitely helped me to, you know, move through the reading section quickly, so I could answer all the questions and at least have a better um, you know, it was better than just completely guessing. <laughs> um, at least I'd have, you know, somewhat of a, a baseline as to how to answer each question. Um, so then this is my huge tip for the reading section, and that is skim through all the questions being asked on each section. So you don't have to, you know, skim through all, all 50 questions. But like I said, each um, section, each passage is broken down into about 15 to 18 different questions. So go through all 15 to 18 questions. And for me, I noticed on my exam that each section fulfilled a certain format type of questions. For example, one section was all search and destroy type questions. So it would have been a huge waste of my time to read through the whole passage because I didn't need to really know anything of what was being talked about in that passage, I just had to be able to go out, pick out the keyword, and then I could use that to answer the question directly. So it, yeah, that would have been a shame if I would have, you know, read every single word, and then, you know, thinking that I was going to have to answer like inference types question, inference type questions, or questions that just weren't very clear, or concise, because all the questions being asked were clear and concise. So that can save you a ton of time. I can't guarantee that you're going to have something um, similar to that or exactly like that. But I'm just telling you what I saw last year. And so each passage that they gave me, it seemed like had a different tone of or type of questions that 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 was centered around that passage. So that'll save you a lot of time. So you'll know from the beginning, okay, maybe this is something where I do need to read everything. And I I pretty much kept it simple where I just did search and destroy. If that didn't work, I would I, I, I think the next best thing to do, honestly, would be maybe to read through the whole passage and then you know just try to pay attention as best as possible. And then that way, you know that you'll have, it'll be better than just guessing each um, question, even if you're someone who doesn't really understand everything that you're reading like myself. But if you're a stronger reader, you might want to consider some of those other strategies. So for me, it was either search and destroy, or I would skim if that didn't work, then maybe I'd have to be like, okay, let me just read through this quickly. And then, you know, maybe from there, based on my memory or my level of comprehension, I can answer the rest of these questions. And I do think that was better than just flipping a coin. So I would recommend only answering search and destroy questions and marking everything else you know, because, you know, independent of the fact that you're a strong reader or you're not a strong reader, you definitely will find that the search and destroy questions are the easiest. So definitely get those first, the low hanging fruit. And um, mark everything else you know is going to take more time to answer. That way you know you will get all the search and destroy questions correct. And that is so important because you don't, you know, the worst case scenario is you're taking your time, you're taking your time, and then, oh, you know, you're down to two minutes and you still have like 15 questions left to answer when it's like you could have definitely gotten a lot of those questions correct 
if you would have gone through, you know, the questions that you knew you were going to get correct, you ended up getting wrong because the time ran out and you just don't want that to happen. So don't let that be you. And that concludes everything I have to say about the reading sections. And so before I get into the quantitative reasoning or the math section, I do want to take a minute to thank our sponsor, which is Anchor. Now for the math section or the quantitative reasoning section, as you'll generally see stated, um, there's 40 questions in this section and you'll have 50 minutes to answer those questions. Um, I'm not going to spend a ton of time talking about this section because I don't feel like there are many secrets to this section um, I can that I can give away that will make a huge difference. I didn't spend a ton of time on reading or math when I was studying for the DAT. I felt like I needed to focus more on the other areas that um, I I. I I felt like if I had put in more time, I would definitely do better. I didn't feel like a ton of time spent towards um, the reading and math sections was going to dramatically improve my score. Um, maybe it would have, but I felt like I did fine anyways. So, um, you know, I, I, I really don't think that you need to spend a ton of time studying for these sections unless you feel like math and reading is something that you really struggled with. I, I'm not going to say, you know, there's no hope for you because you definitely can improve, but it just depends on what you are going to value because maybe you feel really confident in your organic chemistry and your general chemistry and that, you know, math and reading is something that you're more concerned about. So definitely you'd want to focus more on that if you feel like you're going to perform horribly, but I wouldn't get too caught up on what score you get on these sections because, sorry, cut out there for a little bit. So yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't get too caught up on these scores because I don't I really don't feel like there's um, as much emphasis on these sections as there are the others. But like I always say, they're still important, or else they wouldn't be there. So um, as far as the math section goes, there are different um, you know types of questions that are going to be asked. A lot of it's algebra, and then I don't know if any of you took statistics, but there are a lot of statistics-based questions. So if you didn't take statistics, you know, whether it was in high school or college, maybe you do want to take a little bit more time in studying for the math. But I, the way I feel about this is um, a lot of this information, or, you know, in the math section are, are your basics. So even if you don't know it at this time, I think if you go over it, it'll come back to you. So the, what I would recommend is, and this is what I did, is first, like maybe I, I went through a practice test and then I answered everything that I could. And then, I, then, and then that way I was like, okay, I already know this, you know, from years ago. Like I still remember, I still know how to do this. So that way I'm not wasting time because the worst thing you want to do is waste time on what you already know. That's not going to benefit you. You know, it might help you to build some confidence but especially for the math section, you can then narrow your focus. Once you toss aside everything I know, like if this comes up on the test, I know I'm going to get it right. But hey, like, you know, this, you know, this type of uh, math question, I'm not so sure about, or maybe I would be sure about if I just took 10 to 15 minutes, you know, relearning this concept. And so that's what I would suggest that you do. The main resource that I used for studying um, for the math section, I think was like Dr. Romano's videos. And I think you can find them on his Facebook page or on YouTube. And he'll go over, I think he pretty much goes over every math question type that is being asked. And so just, you know, 
write out or maybe on your computer, just make a list of all the question types that you're not familiar with that you need to learn and then just YouTube it and you'll learn that. And then, um, and then I really don't think that you'll forget it because math, at least for me, I felt like math was one of those things that once you learned it, um, it, it wasn't really going away. And then obviously over a course of like, you know, years, some of the things aren't going to be as fresh, but then once you fresh up on it, then you'll, you'll remember it well enough for when it comes time to take your exam. That wraps it up for episode 17, DAT Reading and Math, How Do I Prepare for These Sections. Thank you as always for joining me. Any of you can always feel free to contact me at jordanreed394 at gmail.com. Tell me what you like about the podcast and some improvements you'd like to see so the show can be more beneficial for all of us. Also, if you're enjoying what you're hearing, please do me a favor and subscribe to this podcast by hitting the subscribe button on whichever platform you're listening from so you can receive the latest updates. And please take just a minute of your time to leave this podcast a review. This will help tremendously in keeping this podcast going. Please Also, please share this podcast with someone else who you think could benefit from it. I have now started a Facebook page for this podcast, so you can go on Facebook and join the read.dentistry underscore pre-dental podcast, or continue following this podcast on Instagram at read.dentistry underscore podcast. And on Thursday, I will be going over what to do now that you've taken the DAT. So what are the steps after taking the DAT? So see you then, and until next time, peace.